hello everybody and welcome to another episode of a journey through time and stuff my name is aaron and today you could probably call me uh, you could call me old aaron no hair you could probably call me uh aaron's maybe a little too tall or you could call me uh uh childlike today i'm i'm, I'm very happy uh i was sitting around well at work kind of bored and uh figured i need to get on the ball and start booking the spring for my podcast. And so as I was texting everybody, I'm like, all right, I need to need to get through this person, this person. Then I texted my good friend, Matt Helvey. And I said, hey, man, open invitation to come on the podcast whenever you want. And through a little bit of conversation, he's like, well, what about tonight? And it instantly made me happy that he would, he's willing to do it. And he's here. I'm here. Everybody, welcome, Matt. Hello. Oh yeah, a boisterous round of applause. There's so many. There's so many people. That, uh, we should. We should not tell the governor about this. <laughs> I, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yeah. And, and because of technological, uh, d- you know, discriminations and things like that, uh, we had to get that whole crowd in one room, close enough together that my tiny ca- my my camera would pick them up. You know, sure. so we get the feedback. So while me and you are in completely different houses, being safe and socially distancing, we had to get a crowd together. Uh, so it was just so fiscally irresponsible of us. It was. It was. <laughs> luckily, luckily, everybody showed up for bacon. So yep. it was just yep. the price of a couple pounds of bacon. And they were there, man. It's funny C- what, center cut, of course. Th- center cut. A hundred center center cut and thick cut. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's up, man? How have you been? I'm good, you know, surviving this uh, this lovely situation we got going on. <sighs> yeah, you uh, are you still out working? Like mm-hmm. in public? Yeah, yeah. Sam, same. Uh, not in public. No, oh, I, no, I have an office job, thankfully, so oh, I, I, I I don't have to deal with any of that. But um, still going to the office, uh, or did you get to do it from home? Yeah, uh, no, they won't let me. Somebody's got to do paperwork, so mm. that somebody is me, unfortunately. Speaking of fiscal uh, irresponsibility, still going not paperless yet, huh? No, unfortunately. I wish we, I wish we would. We actually actually talked about that yesterday. It was about going paperless invoicing. Uh, it's not going well. There's a, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's one of those things like a, a million people have to agree to it, you know, and all the bureaucracy goes and in that's involved with uh, with making any sort of tiny fucking decision. Yeah, I I uh, I, I dealt yeah. with something similar similarly uh, kind of like from an outside view, simple, but yet frustrating at my work. Um, I work next to a machine shop and they, for kind of getting ready to surface, but basically cleaning cylinder heads when they come in, they have this special 800 grit sandpaper emery cloth that comes in mm-hmm. big, big long strips that they can attach to their uh, a flat bar that they have handles on. And it's a true straight edge sandpaper mm-hmm. on it and sand and just just a quick thing to see for look for cracks or anything well uh, sure. somebody new i guess is kind of doing the financial things and so they ran out and you can only buy them in big bulk packs of this one type of sandpaper and i guess it's expensive but it's like you know 70 bucks for 40 sheets or something like that and they mm-hmm. go hey we need to spend se- uh 70 bucks on sandpaper and they went no, we're not going to do that. And he goes, but that's what we need to 
do our jobs and like make money doing the rest of the jobs. And they go, yeah, but that's $70 on sandpaper. And in their heads, they're, they're looking, they're looking down on our, on, on the floor in our storefront and you can buy a pack of sandpaper for $6 because it's just sandpaper, not like machinists sandpaper and not specific sandpaper. Yeah. And so it was just, you know, from an outside view, not being the one looking at the numbers, you're just like, why you can't justify that. Well, that's the, that's the thing that bugs me about this whole thing is it would save the company money. Like we're just freaking just burning trees. Like the the drivers throw the paperwork away. So it's like, why do we even have it? Oh yeah. 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 Of course. And it's not like there's any money made back from what you recycle or get rid of in that way. So you're just, well, it's it's not like we don't have a million dollar invoicing system (laughs) that works, you know, digitally through a, you know, an Android based device. Yeah. It's not like we, we don't have that. Oh wait. Yeah, it's it's the the oh, king of redundancy. Oh, I was going to ask. So it is a true redundant system in that. Mm. Yeah, it's that. Well, there are times, and they are rare, where it is useful and necessary. Having that where they have copy. that have that paper copy because something broke, but it's so uncommon now with this new system. But you know, yes. bureaucracy prevails. We need to buy all these things, and you know, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to go. I don't want to go on record, like saying just <laughs> mad shit about my company that pays me a lot of money every year. Oh, I'm not asking you. Just I'm. I'm asking about you, and that happens to be about you. Um. Anyway, yeah. so uh, yeah, man, this has been a really weird time, and you know, I, I'm sure I, you know, we we were friends and we follow each other on the social meds and all of that stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was. In my head, I kind of had it built up for a little bit more of like a conscious reprieve of the tension in the country as soon as, you know, we switched power and everything like that happened. And I was expecting mm-hmm. al- it to almost kind of feel like a shoe dropped. And I think the wrong shoe dropped. Have you been also worrying about that as much as the rest of this fucking pandemic? Or are you kind of. S- I have this weird sense of like hyper calm if that makes sense like i'm so calm but i'm just waiting Mm. for something to explode because it's been so chaotic uh like calmly chaotic yeah yeah. with everything going on and and you have like a, a lot of this vitriol that still kind of floats through the ether that's not being spat at anybody anymore where you know you were in these massive disagreements and these massive culture variants. So now we're in this like gray area of, well, is it going to happen or, 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 and, and so everybody's just on, on this like hyper, we're all calm because we know change is here and change is coming, but we're all just like hyper aware and hyper ready to pop off. So any moment, don't you, so, so don't you kind of feel like, we're in Jaws, and it's the three guys sitting out in the boat, and everything's uh, calm, and they're like, okay, there's nothing, nothing, nothing. They're sitting there in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden, one guy, oh, baby, want to go home, and they start singing <laughs> that chant, and soon they're getting boisterous, and that calls the shark to them. Like, mm-hmm. I almost feel like there's this chant being sung, and it's kind of getting louder and louder, and uh, there ha- is. It's, sea, it's everyone singing sea shanties. 
<laughs> oh, you're right. Everybody is singing sea shanties. I popped into a store the other day, and this guy was listening to old um, Gaelic hymns that are sung in that style. And he goes, this is sea shanty. And I just pointed, you know, with my many, many years of, of chorus and choir and, and, and listening to these arrangements and like singing some of these. In fact, I believe it was Danny boy. And I don't think Danny boy's Gaelic, but here or there, uh, you know, of, of the, of the aisles. And uh, I'm sitting there and I just kind of poke my head up and just go, no, that's not a sea shanty. Because, but it is, it was like, you might be in the style of of sure. that but it's not yeah it's like what you're listening to is stuff i sang in high school and and in college uh it's like it's awesome dude like welcome it's it's great yeah it was great with when the, the that that sea shanty tiktok craze was going around mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. adam neely he's on youtube i don't know if you've heard of him he does great he's a musician on board kind of on on online kind of personality but musician composer mm-hmm you know, all around multi-instrumentalist kind of badass. He did a great breakdown of sea shanties. What are mm-hmm. sea shanties and how most people were thinking they were singing sea shanties and they were not in fact singing sea shanties. Yeah. They're <laughs> just fantastic. singing, they're, they're singing a lot of work six, songs. eight work songs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. La- labor, labor stuff. And you know, like songs of the, the of a different, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, what's, uh, early anglo-saxon and old european just you know labor songs with but even the ones they were singing he was pointing out that was the style of them but all of the songs they were singing were actually american colonist work songs that took those across the boats and they had they they actually had they were singing the americanized you know fourth fifth dominant songs Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that was yeah that was just kind of you know, everybody. They were, they were singing. They were singing the Gilligan's Island version of a sea shanty. Correct. <laughs> Correct, sir. That is a beautiful <laughs> way to put it. Yeah, all, That's all, wrong. Yeah. 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 All major. <laughs> yeah. Um, that. Yeah, man. It's it's been weird. I I do kind of feel this strange calmness. I'm 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 kind of I don't know. It's been mentally taxing. Uh, dealing with a lot of the dissonance that you see with people online who do, don't recognize they're now complaining about the thing they weren't last, and then now they're supporting the thing that they were complaining about, and it's the same side, and, and they're not seeing that they, you know, their double standard or or just the dissonance that that is kind of causing the the momentum to keep going. Yeah, you know, yeah. you have the. I was going to say, so you, the, you have people in this country that still think in March, Trump's going to come back again. Yep. Like, yep. how do you... Yep. It's the, the, the wonderful world of QAnon of the, uh, and they had, they have their, they have their champions and it's this, it's this just hyper aggro. We fight until yeah. like, like we fight until we die spirit. And it's like, well, one, you, you lost. And you spent four years telling us that quote air quotes we lost. Right? Right. I don't. I don't necessarily associate as a, a, a Democrat, but I believe Correct. in some of the things, and that, and that's who I voted for. But you know, it's just one of those things. It's like, dude, you spent four years telling me to get over it. So, right, suck it. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I, I agree. I wouldn't identify. I'm. I'm very. I am very liberal as a person. I would not qualify po- a re- like you know democratic as a uh, like government stance, but I am a liberal person. And uh, I get. Yeah, I get one of those weird ties because I'm technically a registered independent. So a oh, lot of sure, people would be like, sure. "Oh, well, you're a, that makes you a moderate." It's like, well, no, yeah, no. Yeah, okay, it doesn't yeah. make me a moderate at all. Right. My stance on my stance, my stance on human needs and my stance on policy are, do yeah. not have to be connected to one another. Yeah. I, I, I believe in hum- humanity. Damn it. Damn right. And and I think, I think maybe that is kind of the problem is, you know, a lot of, a lot of people in this country, uh, you know, a huge amount of them, very conservative Christian and not that there's anything wrong with that, but that they, I, they, Part of, I think, a stigma of growing up that way and very fundamentalist or close to it um, is the idea is also your worldview and they're they're connected as one thing. And so people who aren't that don't understand that your ideas and your worldview can be separate from one another and mm-hmm. you, and they're not all of your identity. And I think people identify with their ideas too much and that becomes who they feel they are because they believe something and i mean that's like like that's like people identifying and saying no i am bigfoot because i believe bigfoot could be real i am i'm a bigfoot like you know that that's the kind (laughs) of identity that i see people people like spouting i don't know it's yeah my my parents believed in yeti so therefore i'm a yeti correct yeah why i don't understand i don't get the i don't get the tie-in well and and i think if you were to explain that to every one of them every one of them would see the hypocrisy there but the dissonance would then go no but that's not what i'm doing feels like what you're doing (laughs) from it sure looks like what you're doing you can't you can't you can't do something and then tell me you're doing something else come on wait wait no you can't i think you can because our president did for four years uh yeah my president yeah, well, or whatever. I know, I know. Yeah, but it's it's funny. I I mean, he was not not but... to not to talk about it and bring it up and 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 bemoan it because it's been it's been there and I I do know everyone's tired of it, but we haven't spoken and so I kind of just wanted to get a couple of your ideas and your thoughts and then go more into you because, uh, mm. you know I I, Damn, I what was that sounds i heard a noise yeah that was oh too. it was my my front door i think my taco bell's here <laughs> go, go grab it we can pause go grab your taco bell uh it'll come to me oh someone someone's bringing me taco bell. <laughs> oh that's beautiful that's a beautiful thing um so uh you know again we, we you know i follow you from from a, a a view askew i would say and uh um it you know i i i feel for all of my friends that are have been struggling and and um you know reaching out when it seems fitting and you know i just i kind of wanted to just find out how you are man like you know i I know i know you've been working on music and you're getting your solo project up and doing other things like that and uh even another band right uh the aka the solo project and and the new band are one and the same Oh, oh, okay, okay. So they ha- it is all so, united. Yeah, I've been I've been fairly quiet about like kind of what it is or who it is and all this stuff. And uh, 
apologize because I'm totally diving into this fucking bag of food. Dude, please do. Please do. <laughs> by, by all means. Um, so I got, uh, I got some people, you know, Great. to kind of come on board and it was kind of just like the, the Matt Helvey thing sure. to start. And it was a bunch of songs that I had written and, and you know, some of the stuff I, I shared with you, yeah, um, yeah. kind of, kind of the demos and things and it's like, I've, Hey, I've, what do you think? I've really enjoyed our camaraderie in that sense, back and forth. I don't have mm. too many people that I can go back and forth with sharing beginnings and creations and like blackboard blueprints of ideas and hey Uh, listen to what my brain's doing and i've enjoyed that with you yeah uh in fact right before you called i had uh i had a studio session up on my my daw and i was kind of going through tracks for the you know 500th time yeah and uh we're, we've got some some editing to do and some some retakes to do but it's mostly there um but we formed a band and it's called secret satellites and we haven't really announced anything per se but it's a a project that's real and there's people and um i got myself you know kind of doing all the things i do yes and then paul anderson who you know wonderful of uh, former former divides uh and great and, state and all the, and right. him and I are in the great state together right. and then we got Randy from the great state the bass player from the great state because yep. he's the only bass player I trust to do literally anything I ask of him because he's just the best bass player ever fuck yeah and then um Jay Beckstead the drummer from Vestigial Crow oh sure so yeah. Wow. What a gr- it's that's a that is a almost Portland supergroup happening, isn't it? Oh, kind of. Well, we're all just buddies. I know. <laughs> do you do you but, uh, positive feelings between everybody so far? Feeling like it's the mesh is there? Yeah, it's been it's been a really good experience. You know, the demos kind of altered once everybody kind of got their hands onto it. We did some tweaks, and a lot of the writing processes is interesting due, due to the, you know, due to COVID. So yeah. it's a lot of, we were meeting regularly for a while and then we stopped after the summer, just, you know, kind of out of precaution. Well, everything and, ramped uh, up again. You know, people couldn't keep to themselves, but here or there. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway. So we decided to kind of pick a single and, and focus on that and that's actually what i was looking at uh was the first single and um yeah we just want to we want to go and make a video and make a do a single and do the the uh, release and do all the things fuck yeah man did uh you know i i know that there's a lot of you personally in the music that mm-hmm. that kind of the ideas that this was formed around and do you feel like when you ask the other guys to you know be a part of it with you that they they were like they were able to be on board and like feel the you in it and support that or did it become a collaborative effort like do you think it 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 switched or do you think it still has the that one part of you that you were sharing early like in there and i think initially yeah initially it went through that phase of it was definitely my music and it was them playing you know my demo and then I kind of just wanted to give everyone that creative license. I'm like, you know what? Let's be a band. Let's have that structure of a band and 
right as a band. Yeah. Let's take the basic of this and make it your own. And all the way up until we were in the studio, we were kind of tweaking some things and sending ideas back and forth and sending, you know, demos with add-ons and, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And, um, you know, the first step was getting kind of the idea out there, you know, keeping the structure and the whole bridge got rewritten and I got high one day and sat up all night you know trying to write a new bridge for this song that i'd had for you know eight months that yeah. i was used to listening to so it was like oh how do i redo this that's a what, can you can you actually go a little on that point how mm-hmm. do you do that because i'm in the same boat right now i have there's a song that uh that I've, I played that an earth to ashes song that they had written before I joined the band. And it's kind of one of their favorite big songs, only a live song. You know, they have one live stu- like, like live recording of it, but not a mm-hmm. real, like, boom, here's this definitive version of the song and people ask for it. And so I had learned the song the way Angelo, their old bass player played it. And now mm-hmm. they're going, Hey, here's this thing. Rerecord the bass for it with you playing it, but make it your own. And mm-hmm. how do you do that where you've played something and you've heard it this way for so long and it's you've internalized that feel and then go to change it? What what, well, what was your process there? In this particular instance, I had actually asked Paul to take a look at it. Take a look. At, it was like, take a look at the bridge and you know, mess with it. Like, don't be married to anything. I literally sent him a song where the bridge was completely chopped out. You know, Ooh. and then it stopped. It stopped and then it started you know, in phase of where the next part was and just said, I don't care. Synth double bass, whatever the hell you want to do, just figure something out. No such thing as a bad idea. There's, you know, yeah. you know, we'll know if it's wrong. And he sent me this riff and the whole time I'm just sitting there kind of scratching my head going, it's really heavy for this song. It's really heavy. And the interesting dynamic of this band has become he plays a seven string and I play a six string. So we have this weird kind of ebb and flow that I'm getting used to. And so he sent me that and it was just a chuggy mess, but like a beautiful mess. And I was like, that's really cool. But I don't like it at the same time. So I kind of built on that. I was like, okay, what don't I like about it? Is it the tone? Is it the riff? Is it the aggression? And it was kind of a little bit of everything. So, sorry, Paul, if you're listening. Um, but I think I told him that hey, anyway. Musicians and are I, honest, man. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I just kind of was like, but I like the concept of it being such a, a right turn. Yeah. Um, initially, it was this blues bass riff, the bridge was, and it was really cool, but it it didn't help the song and in, in the, in the where it was going. It's this kind of dystopian feel, and that's it fits perfectly with what's going on. It's dark but poppy, and sure. it was this: how do we kind of keep that vibe, but crank it up a notch? And he had this riff that was just like super heavy, and I'm just like, okay, how do we retain that vibe but still kind of retain the other vibe, and then you know make it kind of co- yeah. Co- yeah cohesive and what I ended up with was okay, I'll play his riff, but I'll play it cleaner, you know, a lot cleaner and make it a little bit more open. Yeah. 
and uh, strummy, I guess, a little bit more matte into it. Sure. And then the final version as it sits, and I was just listening to it, is granted it's unmixed and there's like a bajillion guitars that I'm sorting through right now <laughs> uh, with his heavy ass. And he's still playing it the same way that he wrote it. Yeah. It's, and that that's a really cool <laughs> blend to have an open six string. You know, the tonal quality is just different having. I mean, mm -hmm. wow, that's. So my performance is really is really washy and open stringed, you know, a lot of ringing, uh, ringing strings. And his is just like really palm muted. And then it comes together on some parts and it'll take some mixing to kind of make those those sit together. And uh, it's funny when he mixes it, his guitars are definitely boosted. And when I mix it, my guitars are definitely boosted. Typical musician. That's I want to hear you, myself. That's why you always let the bass player <laughs> mix it. <laughs> that's why you let the bass player do it. Right. Because the guitars well, I, will uh, always be perfect to each other. And you will hear the bass a little more than the guitars would have mm -hmm. let the bass be heard. Mm -hmm. I actually like the bass tone. We, we captured it really uniquely through a... Um, uh, we split the signal through a tube DI, and then the other hand, uh, the other side was through a dark glass. Oh, so you have like this really, really pristine distortion sound, and then a really pristine, clean, clean DI that that you can do whatever you want with it. And when I was working on it just now, I just threw a heavy distorted Sans amp just to see what it sounded like. Where where'd you guys go to record? Uh, we tracked at this place called Nettlingham Studio in Vancouver. Interesting. And uh, it's it's a pretty cool spot. I've been there a couple of times, and um, I like working with Kevin as the, the engineer and the owner. And uh, good, he's got good a, feel. He's got a really sweet live room. And... Uh, we have to go back and retract some stuff. We're going to do it elsewhere. Um, just financial issues. Um, gotcha, most, mostly, yeah. but yeah, That's we're kind of tweaking it and we're doing where I think the next single after this one, once we kind of pick it, um, I think we're going to do a little bit more home recording. Cause all of us have really good gear and that way, if we have to retract, it's not going to cost us an arm and an F and leg. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm doing here for this earth to ashes thing. I got, you know, a decent enough setup that I can get a really nice solid raw file just to send and then have them manipulate that and mix that shit into the song, mm -hmm. like into, yep. you know, cause, cause, uh, where they recorded this or the, like they have a bunch of stems from their live session. And so, uh, they're just going to mix this into it. And the, the other thing I'm really struggling with right now is cause it's live they did not play the song to a click. And mm -hmm. so it's just come in raw feel and make it work until the drums come in. And it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's been very awkward. And so what I had to do is I had to go through parts of the song because the tempo never changes on purpose. It just flows about five or six BPMs throughout the whole thing. Um, God damn. Yeah. And so, uh, it, there's like I just had to kind of find the mean mm -hmm. and then 
turn off the whole song, turn on the click at that mean beat and just get used to like really feeling that tempo and playing the song at that tempo to the point where I could turn off my click, play it, turn on the click and my it would match up pretty fucking close. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then go in, give myself a pre-count at that beat and let one of the song fall right there and the click goes away and I just have to feel it. And so I've just sure. been take after take after take, man. It's for us, that's what I was doing before this was called. I'm just trying to get as much of it feeling good until the drums come in. And once yeah. the drums come in and you have that feel, then you can just follow them, you know? Yeah, you need to tell Maddie to play to a click, goddammit. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. just, I just, I just like giving, I like giving he, Dorado a hard time. He he deserves it most of the time. He <laughs> deserves the hard time, uh, and you know, and, and uh, he, you know, he's the same thing. A uh, Splintered Throne had lost their guitar player, and so yeah. he's the other guitar player in Splintered Throne now as well. And so he's been pulling double duty, and me and Mark have just relentlessly been giving him shit about, hey, you got those solos done yet, Matt? You got those solos mm-hmm. done yet, Matt? Mm-hmm been a good time man been a good time i'm i'm just i'm really really happy to still have something to do with yeah. my free time yeah and um you know the i i don't want to say that i've turned my back to the tribute scene but i've definitely since i've been away from it for a year now definitely kind of looked at it at a broad spectrum going i don't get the same amount of joy out of that sure i just it was like oh that was a paycheck to me which is still you know that's relevant that's a thing and you know that's a a reason to do it yeah because because on you know there are things in life that you know i think anybody can relate to where yeah they like to do it um and they like to do it more if they're getting paid to do it like that's you know we have a we have we have a passion that is music but music can also be strictly a job, you know, and you do that. Oh, I'd love for that to be my job. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't all of us? Yeah. That's like the goal or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for most of us. Well, yeah. You have the hobbyist guys that are just like, I don't care. I'll play whenever, wherever. And they're they're amazing. A lot of those musicians that I'll play whenever, wherever, I don't give a fuck, are some of the best goddamn musicians I know too. Yeah, they don't. They're not. They're not sitting there stressing about uh, getting these songs out. They're not sitting there stressing about the next EP or the next album they're gonna make. They're just like, mm-hmm. hey man, I know a bunch of songs and I like to do- doodle around and let's fucking rock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they'll play the best goddamn version of Mustang Sally you've ever heard. <laughs> <You've>, <laughs> I was just gonna say, uh, yeah, Mustang. That's a good pull. That's that is actually a damn good pull. I was I was probably gonna say like, uh, you know, th- throw out uh, some Bob Seger song or something mm-hmm. like that. That but Mustang Sally's damn good. Yeah, that's a good pull, man. You got to know it for all the olds that go. They go out on like a Wednesday night. That's their time to shine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Or at the take, at the local Irish bar. Yeah. Yep. Take <laughs> take the money and run. That's a that's a popular one that I've I've heard some oh, pretty yeah. damn good versions of take the money and run. Hmm. I mean, 
if you know anything, you just have that catalog from like 75 to 85 that you can just sit in that wheelhouse for yeah. six hours a night and people will hang out and drink. And- oh, they will. They, yeah, that, that was, you know, when I was a, a young and budding musician in my early 20s and I wanted to be cool in the bar, that was my jam. That's how I ground my teeth is just cover bands four hours a night every weekend. Like you just learn a bunch of fucking bar songs that you'll never care about and you just play them for you know free drinks oh god i hated that scene so much i hated doing that i hated it it just was so empty it's while, empty calories while, to me while you were doing it you hated it mm-hmm. really I, yeah i hated it yeah i think it was it was one of the few musician experiences where i just like every night i walked away and i got paid and i'm like it feels dirty yeah it's, it just felt dirty it's funny. There were, there were nights ah, while I, I think while I was in it and now this was in a small town, Alaska. And like, there were four bar, five bars total that you could play at and probably mm-hmm. seven bands. And so it was a rotating cacophony of I'm there this week, there the next week, but this band who was just here last week's going to where we were, you know, and you just, you know, who's there, you know, everybody in every band. And so it was, it was, it was, Real, it was kind of gratifying in a small town to be up to be there, and 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 sure. and, and almost feel, you know, even a little bit of a like a little more in a group than the small group you're already in. Um, mm-hmm. But there were definitely nights where, you know, <laughs> half the people on the dance floor by the first name basis, and they're ruining the show, and. Uh, you, you get off for your set and there's just a problem because it's hey. your hometown. So, Hey, play that song. <laughs> we already played it. Yeah. I don't care. Play it. Oh Thanks, yeah. Man. Yeah. We would, we would double dip, triple tip dip songs. Uh, mm-hmm. That happened for sure because we, it wasn't even our band's invention, but a thing that we picked up that we started doing was something called tip tape. And what you do is you have a weight on the floor and you put it in the front of the stage. You take a string of duct tape from the floor to the ceiling and pin it in the ceiling in a rafter or something. And so you have this long strip of duct tape and people will walk up and they love sticking stuff to stuff. And so you can, (laughs) people won't ever drop money in a bucket, but if there's a long strip of tape that they can stick their dollar to and walk away and see their dollar hanging up on the strip of tape, Mm -hmm. they will do it and so we'd walk up and we'd tell people hey it's five bucks for a song recommendation and so fives would just get plastered tip tape and you just that's funny it, it was it was great man it was great and people were suckers for that fucking sticky tape of course they were people are suckers <laughs> <clears throat> what i've been a sucker man i i am not, i'm the first oh one. i've been i've been the drunk guy at the bar in the middle of the night i don't have any shame in that that's it man and I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong in saying people are suckers because we are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. that wasn't meant to be a moment of disparity. That's just a moment of reality. The, that's the <laughs> truth, man. Yeah. You know, I, I've I've been kind of stuck on this thing interpersonally lately. Maybe a bit of an identity crisis. I don't know. But there's looking and and kind of 
un, uh, unwillingly be unwillingly being forced to stare at the the macrocosm of America and what it is and kind of the outside macro vert look in on this and mm-hmm. and getting eye views and and realizing like you know 50% of our country and and this is just split right down the middle is dumber than the other 50% Everywhere you go and you have like there's a bottom 50 and a top 50. And and if you you know, there's a median in the middle of that somewhere and everybody is on the top or the bottom of that line in everything. And so. Not just in intelligence, but in. uh, Morality, in (laughs) empathy, in compassion, in. There's a middle line of the median amount of this thing and half mm-hmm. the country is above that and half is below that. So you're talking 175 less than middle moral, 175 million less than middle moral people and 175 million a little more than middle moral people in this country. And it's been freaking me out. That's insane. You know, and, and and thinking about it in those ways, that if there was just a general mid-through line of a statistic, half the country's above it and half the country's below it. And I, I've then been going, wait, am I being my own personal cognitive bias to think I'm above that 50% line in every category? I bet everybody, this is what fucked me up. I bet every single person, if you were to talk to them as an individual, they would think they're in the top 50%. Well, naturally, that's that's human condition 101. I'm better than you, and here's why. Oh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's admitting they're better. I just think that or no I'm, one wants I'm, to I'm, think they're bad, yeah. right? That's, that's the adverse reaction. No one, no one wants to think <laughs> and believe they live in the bottom 50% of a thing. Oh, oh, my depression and anxiety would definitely disagree with you. Well, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no, I'm I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. I I get that. Um, well, no, I I can't. So, okay, I can't say I get it. I can't say I get it because I don't think I feel it in, in internally as maybe you do. Yeah, it's it's been an interesting battle. So this pandemic has brought out a lot of things and a lot of people, a lot of good, a lot of bad. And I've had a mostly positive experience. If I'm honest. Yeah. Um, I decided to give up alcohol and that's been a thing. Uh, it's gone well. And when I gave up alcohol, a lot of things kind of lined up. Did, did you struggle with it at first? For a little bit because I had a bit of a problem. Okay. Um, you know, it was it was my chronic pain and my depression and anxiety was the cure all. It was I don't have to think about those things. Sure. And so, you know, alcohol was the easiest way to kind of deal with that. And so I can go back in the you know, three hundred some odd days that I've been sober and look at all of the pluses that have come into my life. Yeah. Number one is I have settled a custody agreement with my ex. Hey, That's a huge deal. 
Thanks. <laughs> uh, our, our, our now baconless crowd uh, has, <laughs> has still maintained their composure and fortitude, waiting for something applause worthy where I can hit the button, the little red light flashes. And like people and mm-hmm. t- people and uh, tip tape, they flock to that red light. <laughs> we we'll have to get some bacon tape. Um, <laughs> you just you're you're welcome. <laughs> there will be a Kablard commercial from bacon tape coming soon. <laughs> bacon tape. You can tape with bacon. <laughs> oh, okay. Are your bacon requirements also <laughs> in need of adhesive? Yeah. Uh, do you need to do you want to put two things together but also like the taste and smell of bacon yeah now now with an all-natural adhesive formula harvested from the the uh ancient bee reserves of the deep congo no they just used the same animal man it's it's harvested from the hooves of the pigs themselves ah, yeah. you can it has a picture of the pig on the i just went somewhere with that anyway Ooh. um that's kind of gross, actually. <laughs> That's a commercial, though. It's coming. It's super morbid. <laughs> super morbid. Uh, the so so yeah. Custody settled agreed. settled the custody thing. Beautiful. Uh, I got this album kind of started and going. A band. Uh, you know, this this band started and going um, with a bunch of musicians I absolutely adore. Which is which is kind of remarkable to think that. A cup a year a year two years ago you would have been told hey uh, in like eight months from now we're gonna spend at least a year and a half but really unforeseeable amount of time where we're not allowed to go out and play music and stuff like that mm-hmm. but when you're told you're not allowed to hang out but you're gonna form a new band right yeah that's remarkable fucking fucking nut bars what that was um. <laughs> Well, and honestly, what it was is I took the idea of because I just was so done with that whole concept of the solo project. Yeah, I just hated the idea of it. It was too much work. I was like, I want to be in a band again where and you know equal pull. You know, everybody works together. Um, and that's kind of what. But that's also brought that on. That's also an equal re- relief of tension. Like you got relieved oh, yeah. of of weight for adding people oh, yeah. to help. That's. Oh yeah! Oh god! Yeah, definitely. Do you like think... working, working together with three other guys in a in a project has just taken so much load. Now, granted, I still spiral out, and, and my anxiety will go nuts. You know, thinking of macro pictures of how to put this together and put that sure. together and work on this thing. And you know, I'm thinking three songs ahead of them. Whereas we, you know, we just finished the single. We're kind of polishing it up. We're doing retakes of drums this weekend. You know, there's a lot of things still moving, uh, and we're kind of waiting on that to happen before we can progress with video shoot, photo shoot, etc. So, with that in mind, like my head's already going. Okay, I finished the next single, which I did, and I'm writing the string arrangements because there's strings on it. Beautiful. It's pretty. It's it's pretty. <laughs> those are big steps, man. That's that's a big thing for those people who yeah. are, who are the lay who don't understand what it takes to arrange strings for a rock tong, a rock tune. It's hard, man. Like yeah. a lot. It started off. I started off as just like a pad. It was just like an octave pad, and I was like, "Yeah, it's good." No, it needs more. And then added some stuff, and then uh, I've been calling some composer buddies. I'm like, "Can you do this?" Because I'm still bad at music theory, apparently, and. 
like I know that I want to have a, a line here and a, this thing here and a, that thing there and want to have you know the tension of of this chord and like the I want the ma- the major seven in there and all this stuff and uh, yeah so that's been fun so I've th- I've finished that like two weeks ago actually I finished that and I'm working on this other song and so a lot of this music is very introspective lyrically introspective um and it's been nice to have other people doing stuff within the project so i'm not thinking about everything like i can sit down at my computer where i'm sitting right now in my in my little home studio and and like process this you know because i constantly am writing constantly taking notes on my phone constantly taking notes on my laptop of just thoughts and ideas and things and now i can actually sit down without any real stress and go okay i like this line and just like piece it together and it might take me i take a lot longer than a lot of people a lot of people can just riff and all of a sudden boom there's there's lyrics to a song and like me i have to think about the message and think about the plotting and think about the story it's telling and how do this? How does the rhyming scheme fit together, and how does the phrasing go? And and do you? Oh also, my god! Did I say too many words there, or whatever? Then go and double check that against the actual flow of the music, and see if it mm-hmm. if that fits. Because once you have all the lyrics done, it could actually not be right for the music all of a sudden. So, so I found a new way of doing things, which I've been. It's been rather successful, uh, especially writing in the, in the way we're writing right now, is taking. Um, Hold on. No, yeah, yeah. Is taking on. I just realized we've been doing this for an hour. <laughs> uh, it's taking on. So what? I, what I've been doing is I've been taking all these random scratches and ideas and thoughts and and a lot of them are very kind of similarly similarly veined, you know, themed. A lot of speaking openly about being depressed, speaking openly about not enjoying myself and just kind of processing my life as it sits, you know, being very accurate, being very open and honest about this, the struggle and, you know, living in my head and finding a way to say that, (laughs) finding a way to articulate and communicate that without going, oh my God, I'm so sad and depressed. Guys, love me, please. Music. Yeah. You know, and and deconstruct these thoughts. So the way I've been learning how to do this in a much, much more pleasant way is I will literally crack the mic. So I'll, I have my little stand right here. I'll put a mic right in front of my face. And uh, I know it's really good visuals for the people that can't see our video chat. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but I'll put a mic right in front of my face and hit record. And I'll just sit with my phone in front of me of something that feels like that song. And I'll kind of piece and stuff together and throw a random melody together and throw bits and pieces of, of what's written uh, uh, or typed uh, and, and whatnot. And I'll kind of piecemeal a couple of ideas together and then I'll sit on it and I'll come back and be like, oh, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. With no music behind it? No, I'll sit with the actual recording oh, okay, 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 uh, okay. And, and sing and sing to it. Oh. Uh, so try to work within the confines because the music's already done for the most part. Um, and I know that J.R. Drummer is very much like, hey, you know, I wrote the drums as it sits, but once you get the lyrics on there and the melody in there, I might come back to it and and tweak it a little bit, which is, I'm all for that. Like, the song's yeah. not done until until it's sent off, you for know. mastering, right? Yeah, so, like, I'm not 
worried about tweaking things. I'm not, we don't need that much ownership over our, our art really like, um, right. You know, so it's, that's kind of where, that's where I, this band's dynamic has been. It's a lot of me going, here's what I'm doing. And then I get a few, you get some feedback and lyrically and melodically, they just kind of let me go and do my own thing. And uh, we haven't got to the point where writing together new material. It's still kind of, oh, here's a song I wrote. Yeah, Yeah. Let's, let's tweak it. So but in that and in that context, things have happened. Things you know, I've sent them songs that are completely different now than when I sent it to them. Is there initially. a is there a the, bit is there a bit of good catharsis in that? In getting the feedback and having them the write, feed, or getting, getting the feedback, but also being just you know working on this thing together, but going in and like being able to, f- you seem like you're in a place where you're comfortable emoting yourself and 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 having the freedom from the guys to do that like to just do you is has that felt good has it been a cathartic release I've, it so i'm coming and i i've said this on one of your previous podcasts <clears throat> i'm coming off a very serious surgery on yeah. my voice yeah, yeah. and for those who don't know what it's like to have um the calluses and the uh, I forget the blist the name of the blister, but there's a calluses blisters and uh, nodes pol- polyps. There's there's a specific kind of name for it. And I can't okay. think of it off the top of my head, uh, but it's basically like a blister. And then your polyps is also like a, a blister, but it's a blood blister that's popped and it's formed over. Mm-hmm. And so they remove it, and it's very tricky. You don't talk, and it's it's a whole fucking thing. Anyway, um, mine went mistreated or misdiagnosed and mistreated or untreated rather for many, many, many years. And I kept breaking it. So uh, there's parts of my voice that will never come back. And I'm just happy to be doing anything, I guess, at this point. Um, So all that to 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 get to your to get to your question is coming through the emotional setback of not knowing if you can sing and trying, trying to be a performer again, when that's the one thing I've always counted on and been able and relied on is being able to just sing and sing naturally and just, just belt, belt it out. I lost all my power, lost all my note accuracy. And so I've had to kind of crawl back from there. It's like being a, a, you know, marketably, uh, like, not champion like weightlifter but a pretty fucking good one like a medalist you know yeah and and then and then like getting Lou Gehrig's disease like just losing muscle mass then you can't control it or you know getting something debilitating to where you can't do that anymore so and maybe that's too aggressive of a, of an of a comparison but where i'm at is i had to do the work and I had to learn how to hear my voice and not just immediately de- be defeated. Oh. You know, to hear that it's not doing what I want it to do. Right. It's not cooperating and just push through that pain, not push because that that's how I got here. Mentally but, <laughs> go forward. Mentally forward. push past yeah. the, oh my God, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. And I'll say that sometimes in the band chat. Like, I'm sorry, you guys. Like, it's just... 
it's not coming out the way I want. You know, it's not that great. And then every time they're just like, no, it's dude, you need to, you need to calm down. You you're doing great, you know? And, uh, it took a long time. It took probably six months of just singing constantly, getting back into the routine, warming up. I don't warm, still don't warm up as much as I should, but you know, warming up more, going through the exercises, going through all of the ranges I can get in. And <clears throat> I'm able to track with some consistency now. My voice still wobbles every now and again, but I, you know. Whose voice does it sometimes, right? Well, you know, mine didn't used to. That's what's well, been frustrating. So a okay, lot of the lyric, right. the, right. lot of the lyrical content has been a lot of getting over all these traumas Wow! and to, you know, work through not being able to see my daughter as much. So that's totally been worked through, um, getting through the anxieties and depression of being, you know, a child, a child of abuse, you know, trying to get through that, trying to process this thing. And when, you know, adding on to the pandemic, I quit drinking. I have no vices anymore. Like I don't have that outlet the numbing factor doesn't exist in my life anymore. So it's like, okay, now you got to face it, big man. Like, here you go. You know? So getting through those, getting through my voice thing, getting through all these little nitpicky stuff that's happened over many, many years that I didn't pay attention to and didn't give them their just time all slapped me in the face during a global pandemic. And I literally have just started dumping that into song lyric going, I'm living here. I'm existing in this moment. I, you know, living in my mind i'm struggling you know that's one of the lines of the single that's coming up i'm living in my mind struggling uh struggling for purpose all i need is time like just i need more time to get this going and it was that just rip open the chest and look at my beating heart moment of this is you know what's been fun about this particular project is all of us in the band are huge fans of that era of, of emo, right. You know, that, that, that visceral rock. Whereas that style of emo back then was all, you know, feeling love. And I love this woman. And why do you leave me? And why am I such a piece of shit? Because you left me. Well, rather than do that, cause I've done that. <laughs> why don't I talk about how I feel in life and how I exist in this platform. And so that was the jumping off point. And once I wrote the lyrics to that, like it, the floodgates open, Wow, I'm still, I'm still slow and I'm still working through things. And I actually wrote a positive uh, message the other day that I was pretty proud of. So Good. it's, it's it, the, I guess if we, if, if we take anything from what I'm talking about today is the the silver fucking lining of this pandemic as it pertains to me and I, my experience, cause that's all I can ever talk about. Of course. And my experience has been as bad as things are and as bad as they got, there's always room to fucking get off the mat and, and yeah. keep going. And just what was somebody said to me the other day, just is like, you are unbelievably, unbelievably fucking resilient, and you need to give yourself credit. And I that, agree. and that's that's that. There's a piece of advice for everybody that's that's struggling. Just give yourself some fucking credit. Yeah. Well, you know, it's 
I had made the comment earlier about, uh, you know, no one wants to really feel like they are unless you feel like you are. Yeah. Less than that, right? And it's those feelings that I think cloud the rational part of the brain that lets you remember to give yourself credit. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I, I, I internalize that sentiment a lot, man. That's that's very good. That's very what's, very poignant. What's the old What's the old adage? Uh, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of how I'm. That's how that's how I'm handling the pandemic. I built, you know, I built this little production studio during the pandemic as a way to give myself the outlet that I always wanted. And did is that a vice now? This is my go-to. This yeah. is where this is where I go. Well, lately it's been a lot. <laughs> the last couple of weeks, to be honest, I've been playing a lot of video games. But you know, same. What are you playing? Uh, I'm working through the Outer Worlds right now. Matt, that is my favorite game of all time. <laughs> that is my favorite game. I just, I'm just, I'm just getting going. So I'm just kind of getting a feel for it. It's, it's, it's super fun. <laughs> bro there's a couple um oh man i there's so much i could say about the outer world the music in it is brilliant the sound effects in it are brilliant the fact that they made it melodically intertwined with the storyline is fucking brilliant um have you have you explored the dark bramble yet Mm-mm. I like I said, I'm only about I'm only a couple hours in into okay. playing it. Okay. Because I just I just finished. Have you I died? Just Have finished... you died and realized it's a circle? Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Uh, I'm just. Uh, I just finished uh, Forza Horizon Three. That was it's a gorgeous game. Oh my god, so pretty beautiful and uh i have had this sitting in my queue of things to do for eons and i just i needed a new rpg and there it was um but i've also been i've been splitting time between that and some sports ball games and then also um what what was the other thing i was playing the other day i was playing so i just got a new uh xbox series s so i've been breaking it in but it's just I just so happened to like randomly check GameStop <laughs> and they were like, Hey, we have one. I was like, Yeah, I want it. Thanks. Like I wasn't even in there for that. It was one of those like I went in there for a Funko pop doll and ended up spending four hundred dollars. <laughs> like, oh oops. Hey man, so, that can happen. That can happen. Yeah, I was I was like, Well, Christmas is gonna be tight. <laughs> yeah. I- yeah, I, I I geeked out on Outer Worlds for so long. I played the, I mean, I play, I've played it through three times, mm-hmm. the whole way through the storyline. Um, it's a beautiful game. I I go back to it if I'm bored and I have 22 minutes to just mm-hmm. chill. I'll just go in and fly around and just play things and 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 play with the the flight dynamics and gravity and how beautifully mapped that game is and just you know <clears throat> oh, i'm sorry i forgot uh i'm also destiny 2 which i'm gonna give up on because it's really weird to navigate that game it definitely feels like one of those games that if you didn't start when it launched you're way behind uh, so i'm just i'm just like eh maybe i'll play it another time but as of right now i just don't have the patience for where it's at i feel like it's just a steep learning curve yeah that i and, I, I never ended up playing destiny I, I heard good things about it 
but it's got the the first person shooter component of it is fantastic and that's all i haven't spent a whole lot of time on it it just i could tell immediately it wasn't going to be for me yeah um it was just like oh i can see why everyone loves it it's got a lot of fun components uh but i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna back away from this one just doesn't seem like my cup of tea but sure Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I go, but I, my go-to, if I'm going to multiplay with somebody, I play rocket league. I love that game. Uh, it's so much fun to play. Uh, It's, it's cars flying car soccer. Oh, I know what it is. I just, I've never played it. It's, it's great. I'm I'm not good at it. It never, never struck. It never struck my fancy. Like I just, a lot of my video game experiences, can I get in and can I get out? Can I get in for a couple of minutes and move on? Because my time is so like overly managed, if that makes any sense. Like sure. I'm just so tied into a billion things that I'm doing. Like I'm currently mixing. Um, well, I'm mixing a song, but I'm also mixing for a friend of mine um, for her uh, uh, thing that she's doing. Her my brain just stopped apparently. <laughs> uh, for her, for her, she's re- she's doing a video. And it, yeah. and I'm I'm mixing I'm mixing her video for That's cool. her. and it's been it's been a fun process with this with this new setup I've got but um, That's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so do you feel <clears throat> do you feel uh you know you were talking about a lot of personal growth and being able to kind of reflect differently um emote differently do you attribute that cuz I know alcohol is a fucking huge cloud. Do you also think it's allowed you I mean I obviously it's allowed you to feel more right mm-hmm. and be more present mm-hmm. but do you do you also think with the lack of that it it it's just simply less bandwidth that you're thinking about other stuff like i mean i mean i it, it almost seems like well i guess it's two part one do you think you're done forever drinking or is it uh yeah done forever i don't know oh you don't know now yeah no. i was just wondering if you had i never did i never did so the the attention the the initial intention when I decided like oh I'm gonna take a break, the initial was like let's go 30 days, that was the original goal, and I went 30 days and then I was able to kind of see it broad spectrum and go oh dude you had you had an issue let's let's get a handle on it sure and then it was like well I've made it this far I'm gonna go a year, and I'm I'm 50 some odd days away wow um from a year and I look at that going, I don't want day 366 being the day that I go and open a beer and, and just say, well, I did it. You know, it's that's, that's not me learning the lesson of this little exercise. It's like, okay, what did I, what did I really do this for? And the, the thing that I kind of come to realize is I stopped drinking number one, because that was my default. That was my thing to do. Yeah. And that's, that's super not healthy. And I was avoiding dealing with problems. So now I've hit everything head on. It causes a lot of stress. I was going to say, but is that, the it's healthy. It's, yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's health. It's healthy to deal with the stress. It's, like, oh all, God. It, I spin out a lot. Yeah. yeah. So I, I started recently taking, um, so I swapped, I drink a lot of CBD soda. And in fact, I'm, I'm drinking this, this thing is a CBD peach tea. And, um, 
I'm only sipping on it because it's got more caffeine than any 10 energy drinks. It's just, woo. Right. Um, but it's, it's got CBD in it and I've been drinking a ton of CBD drinks and that's just kind of my mellow and a CBD is the fucking wonder drug. I wish they would just, it's just coming. promote the shit out of it. It's, it's coming. coming. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then it was replacing bad habits with, with better ones, not necessarily great ones, but better than what I was doing. Yeah. And the, I realized that I feel more like I feel bigger, not like I feel like personally, like massive, you know, myself as a person bigger. I feel, I feel like I emote bigger. I, I just feel the depths of things more emotional. I cry at movies now. That's a thing. Like, it's just this, I just, I, have so much more compassion and love for the world. Do you cry commercials too? I have maybe once or twice. No, Hey, I I try to, I try to think of, I I was just trying to think of one. I probably, yeah. Like the whole, like, Oh, definitely during Christmas, like the Christmas, like, Oh, we got a real puppy, like waterworks. And it's not really waterworks. It's more just kind of like misty eyes, your eyes well up and you go, yeah, uh, this is a feeling that my body needs to release versus going, yeah. oh, I don't need to fucking feel this. There's a lot of that. That's the processing of like all this spewed hatred for many years of my life and like, you know, toxic masculinity. And I'm, I'm not the most effeminate guy in the world, but I'm definitely uh, over the line, I guess. I don't know. You there's, know like, there's a midline 50% or yeah, above, 50% right. Above. Yeah. I just like, I, it's like the one foot on each side, you know, and I'm totally fine with where I'm at and I'm more comfortable with myself. Now I definitely get manic. Um, but I started taking, so I said, you know, the CBD, I started taking ashwagandha. A friend of mine actually brought me some and bless her heart. It was a lifesaver. I have no um, idea what word you just said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ash, ashwagandha a a s h w a g h a n d a it's a over-the-counter herbal supplement meant for uh basically for anxiety and depression um but i take a a hybrid of it and ginkgo biloba so it moderates your um serotonin and your um the other one dopamine Damn it. that's the one so they work together and I'll tell you, I'll tell you this much. It's not like being off your meds, oh, you so, know? So it's just, it's ginseng, but from India. Yeah. It's just really, oh, I didn't realize mellow it was, ass. It's ginseng. Yeah. So it's the, the, the concept of the, 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 herb, the supplements that I take uh, in tandem with St. John's wort is a kind of over the counter, um, depression, anxiety reducer, not like here I take pill from doctor. I don't feel anymore. Like that's always been my fear. Um, so this is a little bit more moderate, but I can tell you this much, even though it's a supplement, I, I definitely, I had a moment a couple of days ago, I forgot to take it first thing in the morning and about halfway through the day, I was all over the place mentally. So it's like, okay, this is a part of my life now. Interesting. Um, and it's not that it's not drastic. It's like it, you, you can feel, feel your you feel it creep. Well, you can feel yourself spinning up 
in something that would, you know, push you over the edge and you just, you have enough left to go, we're fine. You know? Gotcha. And so like this overall improvement has been going on in tandem with not drinking. And I've seen all these wonderful things happen through this pandemic and, and, and it all kind of started with, I need to take a break from drinking. a, A true lifestyle change. Yeah. And it, and to answer your question, do I feel like I'm done? There's a part of me that says yes, but there's a, a smaller part of me that's like, let's see, you know, right as of right now. Yeah, well, I don't need well, it. But, I, but I'm good. I, I'm sure, you know, I've talked to other people who, who, you know, have made the choice to not drink. And it's not mm-hmm. like they're saying I'm, I'm you know, I have quit. They're just, I'm not drinking right now. And they'll go, I could totally foresee a thing like, you know, your daughter's 21st birthday party. And she's like, Hey mm-hmm. pops, have a beer with me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure oh, that's, totally would. you know, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, and I, I think that allowing, at least for me, I know personally, if I tell myself no, so solid about something that the other than cigarettes, I, to, I, once I quit fucking smoking cigarettes, I, I'm, I'm not fucking, you know, I'm good on that. And so that was a thing I told myself, no, but I get why I, I mentally have processed it enough, mm-hmm. but other things it's like, I, I always need to leave that back door for myself yeah. just to never, feel, want it. just to never feel yeah. trapped, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of what I did to, to tell myself that with, with drinking. So the, the week leading up to that was, was a rough week and it, it's in tandem with the, the custody thing. Uh, by the way, my phone is barking at me, so we okay. got about okay. fifteen minutes or so, if that's sure. okay. Sure, yeah, yeah. I we can just wrap this up, and I got a a one uh, question thing, and then read a poem, and we're good, man. Okay. Well, I'll finish. I'll finish yeah. the yeah, the, the outro here. So, the leading up to that was was spring break last year, and I was uh, due to COVID, air quotes, denied my visitation. I had the week off. And um, I didn't know that that was protected by the state and not that it would matter because she sucks. But um, so that kind of started, that was a ball rolling for a lot of things. And so rather than deal with it as an adult, I dealt with it as a kid and I went to the store and bought copious amounts of IPAs and, and drank them all. And was basically either drunk or hung over for probably five days. Like there was no in between and it's not a good look. And I'm not proud yeah. to say that, but that is what happened. And I remember waking up like two days before work and having to fight through a hangover. And so I fought through the hangover and then I went to work and then I was just like, you know what? I'm good. And then that turned into two days or three days to four days. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep going. And I was seeing somebody at the time. She was not happy that I was not drinking. She's a bit of had code, the same issue. Codependency there. Oh, absolutely. And it was, I was seeing her less with, with COVID of course. And eventually I was just like, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to do any of this. So, um, broke it off with her and, uh, as well as, you know, like I just ended all the toxicity that was in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it was that just like stark realization. And, and basically the, when I woke up and realized I had an issue was surrounding my couch was the sea of 
of dead guys, you know, the sea of, of fallen, dead soldiers. Fallen soldiers, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I was just like, okay, we've got we've got some issues, Matt. Let's 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 work on this. Look at and that's just that's been that's been the that's almost been the the working mantra, and it's yeah. never I'm never a hundred percent. No, I've one had ever a few. Is. Yeah, I've had some meltdowns. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I had I had one the other day, and I had one this morning when I lost a bid on a guitar and. <laughs> Threw a fit like a little kid, but you know, whatever. Yeah, it was yeah, a pretty do, guitar, do, and do, I wanted it. Do, do you th- do you think? Uh, do, have you done the reflection or the bit of internalizing that maybe because you got rid of the toxicity in you, you're less toxic, and other people like you have a band now because you're less, and other people are maybe attracted to that more. Or do you think there's anything in that? There might be something to that, but it's always. I know, like, Jay has told me, the drummer, um, Jay's told me several times, because we tried to be in a band years ago, and it just didn't work out um, for whatever reasons, but um, he was—he just was like, I always was wondering what you were up to, and I was waiting for you to get out of your own way. So, yeah, I guess there's something to that. It's, you know, I got out of my out of my own way and, and, you know, kind of realized I'm not as bad as my head would like to believe I am, so... Why don't I try and make some decent music? Yeah. Which when when we're done here, hot tip, I'm going to link it to you. Oh, well, I was going to say, I, I don't know if you're sent up to play on here. Can you play from uh, your side when I hear you? I, I, I cannot. I cannot play it uh, okay. over the air. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll have to we'll have to debut it when it when it when it comes yeah but please send uh, it to give, me. I would give love me to hear give it. me a few give me a few weeks and yeah we'll line up the debut that's beautiful that's beautiful um yeah you, you know sitting sitting in this chair uh i know we have a crowd of people waiting so we can tell them to go but from sitting here man you're you're a fucking beautiful human matt and uh Thanks, you're always a pleasure to talk talk to this is our third episode together and that hour went really, by no? that ep- that hour went by fast you know, yeah. I, it didn't, it didn't feel like it. It's, it's so comfy. And I think, uh, I don't know, man, your face looks happy. Even if you're, even yeah. if you're worrying down, you're talking about your stuff. I see it. I, I see you feeling big and yeah. Yeah. that's cool. Um, all right. So I got this cool game. Uh, people know me and they know I like to talk and ask weird questions on the show. So I have this thing called hypotheticals and it is 50 Ins, it's 50 questions for insane conversations. And so I have nice. three topics. One is Joe Sixpack. Appropriate. One is Earth and the Moon. Mm-hmm. And one is Body and Mind. Body versus Mind. Which one of these? Totally appropriate. Yes. Which one? Joe Sixpack, uh, Body versus Mind, or Earth versus the Moon? Let's do Earth versus the Moon. All right. All right. I, I've never read any of these, by the way. This, they're just a whole thing. So you have won a prize. The prize has two options. You can choose either, but not both. The first option is a year in Europe with a monthly stipend of $2,000. The second option is 10 minutes on the moon. Which do you select? Oh, send me to Europe. For a whole year to, to not yeah. have 10 minutes on the moon. Okay. It's it's quite simple. One, 
There's sub questions. What sort of infrastructure? Am I ten minutes in the in the 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 space shuttle? No, outside of the space shuttle on the moon. On the moon in or a is- fucking thing. Neil Armstrong jumping around, hitting a golf ball with a club, walking yes. on the fucking moon. Send me to Europe for a year. Fuck that. Wow. Seriously. Wow. Fuck that. Yeah. We don't need that notoriety. I want to get drunk in fucking France, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, like, it's like genuinely. Have you ever been to Europe? No. Oh, dude. Oh, you got to go. Well, you got to go. You know. I, and you know what people don't say? Oh, the moon. You ever been there? Oh, you got to go. No, nobody says that. That's because only a handful ever have been. And that was 40 yeah. years ago. You know 50, what? 50 years ago. Six. You know what the best part about that is? What? You can literally get on Google and just look at the moon. You can't. You can't not feel yourself at point eight or point two percent of your body weight and be able to jump and float and fly. I'm sure, they have planes for that. No, no. Yeah, I, I the zero, zero gravity. <laughs> well, no, I know that exists, and you people go to the International <laughs> Space Station all the time. I think yeah. that I would. I would imagine there's something remarkable about that feat. Standing on I the don't... moon, standing on the moon, and watching Earth rise. You know how cool I... that would be. Yeah, that's the I I completely see your point. You can, my answer but, does not change. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I would pick the moon and then go to Europe. You'd pick the moon and then go to Europe. Yeah, just on my own dime and go to Europe and celebrate the fact I was just on the moon. Yeah, well, I mean, if you made it to the moon, then people would probably be like, "Oh, you're the guy from the moon," you know. So there's that. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. All right, well, at the end of all these podcasts, now I read a poem, and not only poems, but nonsensical poems. I love nonsense verse. It is amazing what the human brain can do when it's not trying to do anything. And uh, mm-hmm. I have a, I would guess, on-call poet. Uh, he goes by the name Fitzhugh Willoughby. And he creates the most beautiful nonsense poetry all the time. So I just kind of have him on a on a ever beck and call. If I need some poems for this week, I say, "Hey, fits you? Can I uh, borrow some words?" And in two to three minutes, I have a full poem. <laughs> I love it. So this one is called. It's funny. Right before we started, I said, "Hey, I need another poem," and he's like, "Got one coming." And in the middle of our conversation, he sent me a poem. The title of it is Uncertainty. Mm. How apropos is that? So It is solid. All right, here it is. Uncertainty. Chaotic tin soldiers pushing their agendas can never understand what it is that we hear under the umbrella of compound interest, force-fed our ideas by adventurous journeymen, can really do... Whenever we're so violently pushed beyond the realm of our rational justifications for partaking in such lewd activities. But I know we'll show them in the end of the tunnel by the staircase, always climbing above the limits of our primitive imaginations. That's beautiful. I don't know what the fucking means, but it's gorgeous. <laughs> that is beautiful. And I guarantee you somebody will find some meaning in that. I think everybody everybody who made it this far into the podcast and listened to that all found their own personal meaning in it. And that's one of the beautiful things about poetry and nonsense is everybody in the end of the day 
wants to experience nonsense. It is a thing that makes us boisterously laugh without care. It is a thing that makes us bark into crying or yelling. Is something so nonsensical that we can't justify why we should feel away, and it just explodes. Sure. And I, uh, I, that's what you know. That's something I've kind of been shown to revel in a little bit more in this last year and a half is enjoying the nonsense of it and not mm. being such a freaking control freak because that's my issue i just like being silly i love being silly man yeah. and speaking of being silly we should probably let all those people we locked in that basement with only a couple of strips of bacon out huh <laughs> bacon tape yeah bacon tape Matt, I love you, buddy. Thank you for joining me in this, man. Likewise. This Likewise. Has, this has been great. I, I'm looking so forward to hearing what you got musically. Oh, that makes me happy. And uh, we will talk soon. Have you and Paul, maybe all you guys on, and we could have a bunch of little screens floating around and talk or do something fun. I don't know. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. That sounds fun. All right, buddy. Have a great night. Enjoy. And we'll talk soon. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me get a picture. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get a picture of us because I got to... Let me let me make myself not look like. Yeah. Um. All right. Got it. We're golden. Go. Cool. Great. Love you, buddy. We'll talk soon. All right, man. Take care. Bye.